0: Welcome to You're Hired, a podcast about all things career-related. I'm your host, Laura Lee, and this week we're talking with William Budding, a Knox alum. Hi, William. I know you participated in mock interview week a couple weeks ago, and I was just wondering how that went and if you have any general interview advice.
1: The mock interview week, I think, went really well, uh, both for me and it seemed like it went well for the students. Uh, I'd never used that software before, so I thought it was really nice to be able to have a Sort of spoken interview as opposed to just um, like written or something like that. Uh, So, yeah, I thought it was a really nice, innovative approach to having the interview. So, in terms of advice, you know, I think there's a lot that can be said about interviewing. There's no formula, of course. Um, There's kind of some tips and tricks that I always like to tell folks, especially starting out when you're new. You know, I think, um, you know, realistically, no one's expecting a recent graduate to have years of experience and I know that there's always the uh, sort of paradox of jobs asking for one to three years of experience for entry level Uh, and you can't get the one to three years unless you get a job and then how do you get it to um, you know get the job so the advice I tend to give is even when you're right out of college uh, or just graduating you know your time at Knox especially um, will have given you experiences that are relevant to the job field, uh, to, the, to the job world, and to just being a well-rounded individual uh, altogether. And so what I always tell folks right out of college is to just really try your best to tie the experiences you've had at Knox or in school to what the job is asking for. Uh, I always recommend writing a cover letter, even though I suppose these days they're not as required as they used to be. I work in higher education, and so um, the uh, you know industry of higher ed tends to like cover letters, but not all industries do anymore. But advice to students is to really try to tie your experience, whatever it may be, to the requirements, the qualifications they're asking for in the job. And you don't need to have every single thing. Uh, job descriptions are written to be like an ideal candidate in terms of qualifications and most managers know that a perfect candidate doesn't really exist. So, you know, you may have 60, 70, 80% of the qualifications. And I always say, go ahead and apply anyway, um, especially if you feel like the skills and experiences that you do have um, will sort of compensate for any shortcomings or things that you don't quite have experience with. Um, right out of college, <clears throat> excuse me, folks are really looking for, you know, the the broad – good worker skills i guess i tend to say like you're adaptable you're a problem solver critical thinker which really are things that not um teaches its students all the way through so you know i like to always say that the liberal arts education is really the best job prep you can get um so you know in terms of advice for interviews specifically you're always going to tie your skills to the job um and you're always going to want to um you know be honest i think a lot of folks. There's a difference between putting your best foot forward and putting on a show, and you don't want to do necessarily the latter. You want to be honest about if you haven't done something, you know, you haven't, and that's okay. But you're willing to learn, and/or the experiences you do have relate to that skill in this this way, this way, and this way. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of things I could say, but I think that's a starting point in terms of, um, regardless of what you have, there's always ways of tying your experience. Um, the critical thinking, the problem solving, and the educational uh, and project experiences you've had at Knox to whatever job you're applying for.
2: Awesome, thank you. Kind of going off of that, we had another question that's similar, um, and it's can you talk about the process of how you got this job after Knox? So, you talk about how mm-hmm. these students are expected to, you know, go through the interview and read the job, job descriptions and those kind of things. So, if you could talk about maybe your process of getting the job you currently have right now.
1: Yeah, the path I took to get this job um, was a winding one. And I think that that's often the case, especially when you're kind of out of school, early career. Um, so, you know, I graduated in Knox, from Knox in 2013, uh, but did a post back there at Knox for an uh, additional year. So I, w- I left Galesburg in 2014. Um, I'm from Iowa originally. And I just, at the stage of my life I was at, I didn't really want to go back home. I wanted to really branch out from where I was at. And so I kind of did my own research. I had, um, you know, reasons for going one way or the other. And I was sort of between Boston and Denver. And uh, truly, I just flipped a coin and ended up in Boston um, and never looked back. So, career wise, what I was able to do during my time in Massachusetts was uh, really network and try to get myself out there to really try and meet folks. Um, I had not really identified an industry in which I was interested yet. So through some contacts of mine, someone kind of suggested, like, "Oh, hey, maybe HR, human resources. You know, you're kind of a people person. Uh, maybe that's something to look into." And and I did. And so through those sorts of connections, um, I was truthfully just given the name of someone at a company called State Street Corporation. Um, it's kind of it's big corporate finance, but uh, I was given someone's name who seemed to be a good advocate for. Young, uh, kind of early career folks. And I kind of just cold called him and talked about my experience and asked if he would consider me if there were any opportunities coming down the pike and kind of kept in touch with this one contact and eventually landed my first uh, gig, you could say, at State Street. um, But within the HR realm, he was the VP of workforce development at State Street. And so I was a recruitment coordinator working specifically with college and high school internship programs for that uh, for that company. So while it was corporate finance, I got into that HR recruitment capacity. And that's what really sort of spurred it off for me. So in terms of the path, you know, I kind of jumped at the first thing I could get, but it was based in something I enjoyed doing. I liked the idea of recruitment. I've always kind of had an interest in connecting people with opportunities, uh, whether it's jobs or education. But also on the other side, I've always really enjoyed finding an organization. I care about and trying to find the best talent for that organization. So, uh, so that's how I kind of got into the recruitment space. Um, having said that, I then left State Street for Harvard uh, the first time. And the reason I did that is because I did sort of want out of corporate finance as an industry. I always wanted to work in higher education, and I was able to land an admissions, student admissions job at Harvard um, at the Divinity School. And I sort of connected those dots by sort of thinking, well, recruitment is like recruiting staff and hiring people. Admissions is sort of like recruiting students and bringing in students to uh, the the educational environment. So that's kind of how I connected those dots. But ultimately, I wanted to get back to HR. So after the Divinity School, um, I left Harvard for a short time, about a year. and. from there, I was able to do a little bit of temping, and then got back into the Harvard community by working in HR at the uh, School of Dental Medicine. And just last year, January of 2020, right before the pandemic hit, I landed my current job, which is recruitment coordinator for the uh, for Harvard Medical School. And so I've been in that role over a year now, um, really thriving, really um, getting deep into the recruitment work uh, in the medical school. And and just to be clear, too, this is recruitment for staff. Um, we're talent acquisition for the staff uh, and, and employees of Harvard Medical. We don't do the student admissions at all, nor do we do the faculty. So the faculty hiring is their employees technically, but they're handled by other units. So we do everything from administrators to research staff to you know, it, the admissions folks, the alumni affairs, other HR folks, IT, all those sort of job fields within higher education is what we're hiring for. In talent acquisition and so that's kind of where I'm at now. It was kind of a winding path I landed in HR by accident, but got to higher ed where I really wanted to be and um, have never looked back. I've loved it
0: Awesome, um, you talked a little bit about not really being sure like what you wanted to work in um, and I think like mm-hmm. a We'll probably be able to relate to that So could you just talk a little bit more about how to find what industry you want to work in? Um, when you're just unsure of where to go
1: Sure, absolutely. So So, there's, I guess there's two ways of approaching this. Is there the type of job you want uh, or the kind of industry you want to be in? So, I knew early on, even during my time at Knox, that I wanted to work in higher education as an industry, but I didn't know what capacity and the way that was just a self-exploration, I guess, choice I made. Like I enjoy the college environment, higher education, the learning environment, the Sort of culture of higher education um, the history that's often at these institutions so just as an industry that was of a personal interest to me at knox i did work in the admissions office as my um sort of job there during my time so that kind of got me into the admissions space thinking about recruitment that's what got me excited about oh i want to bring people to knox i want to excite them about coming here as students mm-hmm. and that same sort of like passion kind of translated into like, oh, I really want to get people to come work for HMS or Harvard. I really want to get people to come work here because like, I like working here and I want to share that with people. So, you know, I, th- I think that's kind of how I connected those dots, but it was, it, it's a personal choice. It's a self-discovery, you know, to kind of go backwards a little bit. I was a philosophy major, uh, education policy minor, and I'm not really using those at all. I'm always a big proponent of the name of your major matters less than. Really, the what you learned during your time and your bachelor's degree. Um, So, you know, I always say, like, um, uh, going back to like the philosophy major, you know, I kind of thought for a minute I was going to go into academia and kind of be a professor type, you know, sticking with the higher ed. But um, ultimately, I realized again that I that's not what I was passionate about enough to pursue graduate degree. I wanted to major in it, but it wasn't my sort of graduate route. So, you know, I tried to think, well, what does critical thinking and philosophy lead to? What does problem solving, analytic skills, writing? That's what I would say in my early job interviews. I'd sit down, introduce myself, and they're like, well, tell us about you. And i say, well, philosophy majors. We majored in critical thinking, problem solving, analytic skills, and writing. Give me your job. Like, hire me now. You know, I think those are things you just really need. And if you're good at those, that's really what's going to take you far. So to help identify what I wanted to do, I looked at jobs that I thought I could do with those skill sets. You know, I'm not a super hard sciency mathematics. I'm not a STEM person, so I don't really have those skill sets. I could learn them, but to really identify what I wanted to do, I thought, well, I like people. I like interacting with people. I like the sort of cultural component of, like, why should you come here? Why should you work here? Why should you study here? And th- those are things that I was able to identify that I was interested in. And so by kind of focusing on those specific just interests, I was then able to kind of look at jobs that you know suited those skill sets. Um, obviously, you have to have some hard skills, you have to be able to use technology, especially in the new generation of the workforce, you know, but um but you know, beyond those hard sort of like transactional skills, really prioritizing the transferable skills mm-hmm. and the uh, people tend to call them soft skills, which I think sort of diminishes them. But I think you know those soft skills are really like, Creativity, I think, recently has been named the number one job skill in the 21st century for this generation. And so I think really leaning into that is what recent graduates can do. And as long as you can sell the experiences you've had to a particular job, you know, I think that that can go a long way.
0: Yeah, thank you for that answer. That was really good. Um, this is more of like a broader question, but what would you say was sure. your favorite part about being a Knox student?
1: Favorite part about being a Knox student? Oh, there's so much to say. Is it flunk Day? Is it the Knox College choir? Is it founding the improv club? Ah, uh, so many things. Um I loved my time at Knox. I'm a big fan of giving back to Knox and doing whatever I can. So I mean, yeah, I would say my social extracurricular engagements were certainly a major part of why I enjoyed my time at Knox, but even the philosophy major, like I picked the major because I really enjoyed the subject matter, I think. I remember sitting in my first philosophy class and, and hearing them talk about Descartes and the I think, therefore, I am. And I was like, oh, people really think like this. I, could, I can major in this? I'm just going to go major in this. So that critical thinking and, and big brain stuff is really a lot of what I enjoyed about Knox. But in addition to that, I think really building my confidence and, and joining the choir and improv really shaped me as a person. as a. As a performer, but also as a person, it really helped me come out of my shell and build confidence and really helped me uh, gain my voice as a person. you know I, I was able to step out of my comfort zone in constructive, safe ways that helped me grow and those social and sort of club slash activity involvements really are what drove me to be far more confident, far more outspoken and Able to advocate for myself, kind of bringing it back to career stuff. You know, I think a big skill set, which is hard to develop, is that self advocacy. You can kind of call it selling yourself, but it doesn't have to be so capitalistic. But I mean, it is self advocacy. You're advocating for yourself in these different environments and really able to make yourself stand out amongst a crowd of applicants. And so Knox really helped me do that. Um, But in terms of my favorite part of Knox, it really was those involvements with activities like improv and choir. Just all my friends to this, not all, uh, uh, many of my friends to this day were in those groups. And even out here in Boston, I'm still connecting with folks back in Chicago and the rest of the country from choir and improv. So those really are my um, sort of really fondest memories, all, along with Slump Day, along with all the other stuff. I love going to the graduations every year, commencement every year um, to sing with the choir. So I got to see all the classes graduate and stuff like that. So it was a wonderful time.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed your time in Knox. It sounds like you had a lot of fun while you were here and we appreciate you giving back to us. Um, one question I have, it's kind of going off of that. It's talking about graduation because you meant, you know, you mentioned commencement and that's obviously coming up quicker than we expected. So what would you say is the most challenging part about after graduation? Would it be, I know you moved, so would it be like being adaptable or finding a job maybe in the career that you weren't expecting to get a job in, or what would you say is the most challenging part about after graduation?
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, realistically, realistically, it's the job hunt. I feel um, just in terms of challenges, you know, money always a thing. We all have student loan debt, um, you know, and and that's a real barrier for a lot of folks. So sometimes, you know, I I admit that I had the privilege to move away when I wanted um, because of. Uh, You know a level of privilege that I possessed and so barring that like whether or not you're able to just go move across the country I think regardless of where you physically end up Those challenges of job hunting I think are, are really the thing to keep an eye on so what I would say is you know Don't worry about your first job being in or not in the field you want because it's difficult to always just land that and realistically you're going to want to change your job anyway, so say you're a bio major and you get a research job right out of school that's awesome and if you're going to go to med school and yada yada, like that's awesome, but also if you don't and you you find something else, uh, you know the number of people I work with at Harvard who majored in uh, a number of fields you know there's religion people and there's the bio people and there's the architecture people and I've met all sorts of people who majored in whatever, and now they're administrators at a massive university. You know, So the advice to graduates is yes, look for jobs in your field. That's what you're passionate about, that's what you majored in, that's what you love. But at the same time, don't beat yourself up, don't think of it as like losing or settling if you end up in a field or a job that isn't what you majored in or what you even really studied. Um, because all of that's going to feed the larger picture of your career development. Everything you learn in any job is going to add to your skill sets. And if you think of it a certain way, obviously, if you get in a job that's in your field, you can advance in that field, obviously. But if you don't, it's kind of a nice practice run because you. that's kind of what I did with State Street. I don't want to put down State Street at all. They're a very uh, great company, and I hear a lot of good things. But essentially, that first job with corporate finance was kind of a Practice run for me. It was like, okay, first big kid job. Like, what do I get to do here? What can I learn? I can ask people about like either corporate culture, professional culture, uh, work culture. What's appropriate? What's not? What's professional? What's not? Kind of learn those like cultural competency skills that you learn a lot in college, but you can't really get until you start working. So that's what I always advise recent graduates: is don't feel like you've lost or settling if you don't get a job in your field. Because especially with a liberal arts degree, like we are not highly specialized degrees at Ox grants. That's not what a liberal arts education is. We are meant to be broader thinkers, world citizens, and that's what we contribute to the world. So, putting it all in context, you know, the first job is really just to keep getting that experience so that you can excel doing what you are passionate about later down the road. And so the advice is, you know, obviously look for as many jobs as you can, apply all the time. What I heard when I was actually unemployed uh, for a little bit was applying for jobs is a full-time job. So, you know, you don't apply for one a day. You should be spending several hours a day doing research, looking at jobs, applying for jobs, networking. Last thing I'll say is LinkedIn is still relevant. I don't know if in the next ten years it's going to get bigger or die out, but right now having LinkedIn is good. Using it for networking is good, and having a presence there, even if it's just like an online resume, like you don't have to be terribly active, but having a LinkedIn presence is valued oftentimes in many professional settings. I'm not going to say universally, but um, that's a that's a more tangible piece of advice for recent grads is. Just have a nice, good-looking LinkedIn profile, and then people can check you out and uh, go from there.
2: Thank you so much. I know, as I as a senior, I definitely appreciated hearing that because it's really hard to find <laughs> a job right now, especially during the pandemic. So, yeah.
1: especially one in a yep.
2: specific field. So, I really, really appreciate your words and hearing that as a senior. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, um, kind of going off what you said about you don't have to really like necessarily find a job in the field that you majored in, um and like it's all like a learning process of applying to jobs um so what would you say is like the most important thing that you learned on your career journey
1: Mm -hmm. i want to think about that because it's a it's a tough question because it's all it's not like a um it's not like a single answer it's not a single skill it is a conglomeration of many lessons so you know i'm not trying to avoid the question i just it's not a single sort of biggest thing. I guess it is. I'm trying to avoid generic answers too. Um, you know, like uh, keep, keep working hard. Like, yeah, okay, fine. But like, um, you know, I really think, I guess, okay, if I had to say like a skill or a biggest thing that has helped, I really, oh yeah, yep, this is it. To really advocate to young people just graduating, network. It's hard. I'm not saying it's like easy to just go out and do it, t- it, it. But I will say it does not require a certain personality type introverts and extroverts can do it. Um, so don't feel like there's a barrier to networking. It may come easier to some folks. But I am relatively outspoken and like talk a lot, but I also tend to identify as kind of a little bit of an introvert. I don't start conversations with strangers very easily. Once I'm introduced, I can talk all day, but starting conversations with strangers is hard. And if there's someone in your field you want to talk to, I think there's no downside to cold calls or reaching out on LinkedIn to just see if someone's willing to have a conversation. But separate from that, the cold calls and strangers is not really the networking I'm talking about. It's really more about who that you currently know might know someone else. Networking goes so far. You know people who know people. And the only way you get to do that is by having more conversations and getting to know people and going a little outside your comfort zone and and trying to have conversations that connect to jobs or fields you might be interested in. So um, like I said, my first job came from Getting to know a guy at State Street who I'd never met before, but someone said, "Hey, you should talk with Richard," and I did, and it led to a job. So, you know, and then Harvard too. I was, um, if I'm going to share one brief story, uh, is just I went to a job fair and was going around all the tables and trying to hand out my resume to these recruiters, and it was held at the Radcliffe Institute for Advanced Study at Harvard. So I went up to the registration table where they're handing out the name tags, and I walked up to those people and was like, hey, I know you're not like part of the fair, but if there's like people at Radcliffe who want my resume, can you hand it to them too? And it kind of worked. And I got my resume kind of sent around a couple different schools at Harvard, had informational interviews with the Divinity School, the Education School, the Kennedy School, and eventually landed that job at the Divinity School. So it really was just kind of by going out of my comfort zone and there was a bit of a chance taken and they didn't have to call me, but someone did. And so, you know, it's not a formula. It won't work for everybody, but to think about ways you can network and put yourself out there in sort of creative ways, you know, is going to go a long way. So I'll leave it there. But uh, networking is the, the big career advice, I'd say.
2: Thank you. I think we're going to ask one more final question and then that'll be it um and just any final advice that you have for knox students whether that's seniors incoming freshmen um maybe even knox alumni i know there's a couple graduates out there that are still looking for jobs as of right now so does any final words or final advice you have for us would be great
1: yeah i mean i have said a lot of what i find important about um you know, just making sure your your presence is out there um, and things are up to date in terms of your experience and skills and things like that. Um, yeah, I think I've kind of said most of what I feel strongly about. Connect your experience and whatever that experience is to the jobs you're applying for. I think cover letters are a great way of doing that. Like your resume says a certain number of things, but if you're able to write out like, "Hey, I ran a club." I know that's not an office admin job, but these are the skills I did as a club leader, which will apply to your office admin job, you know, as a simple example. So things like that, I think are really, really important. Networking is the other thing. If you can get people who can vouch for you, um, that goes so far. does not guarantee anything. You still have to be very qualified and the right person, but for the right person for the job, I mean, but, um, that that kind of vouching it can go a long way and, and that's hard and like i say that's that's hard to do and there's more or less levels to access to those networks and so you know that's a big part of the work i do is trying to connect people who do uh, deserve it and and have worked hard to get it but um no additional advice other than just keep trying it's tough out there everyone's graduating in the spring and regardless of the number of rejections you get you got try and push in for it, and you will eventually find something, uh, hopefully, that makes you happy.
0: Awesome. That is such great advice. Thank you so much for that. Um, And thank you for just being on here and talking with us as well. We really appreciate it. That's all for this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel for more career advice.